Ladies and gentlemen, to the Midnight Ghost Chat, where we bring you full live one hour coverage of this delicious, meaty, ghost filled fun in action. What'd you guys think? What, what is that action? Ooh, spectral kinks, baby. Ooh, Hunter, <laughs> this is your expertise. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> ghost butt stuff. Ectoplasm <laughs> on my taint. Woo! I tried the midnight ghost, you know, midnight voice talk show voice. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, that was like yeah, a, I enjoyed you know, it. I imagine driving down the the streets of Cincinnati and like one in, o'clock in, in the morning, one o'clock morning, nineteen seventy seven, and just hearing your voice talk about the paranormal pa- and pound, being like, yeah, pounding down some fucking forties, yeah, cruising around your Chevelle, S- smoking some cowboy killers. That's how the Riverdale Road uh, Camaro was it a Camaro? I think it yeah. was a Camaro. It was Camaro. Yeah. That's how he fucking died out there, and now there's a fucking ghost Camaro out there. Oh. He was listening to your voice in different dimension. Different dimension. Oh, uh, you know? You're the Riverdale killer. I, you know? Maybe. There's infinite possibilities. He and went down the warp gate, and he's dead. Yep. <laughs> there is a version out there of Chase who is, he was a serial killer. You're just a straight what's up the, What's killer. the fucking gerbil's name from South Park? <laughs> It goes in Mr. Slave's ass. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> periwink. Yeah. It? It's like periwinkle oh or something. It's like, That's all I can Going on an adventure. Jesus Christ. I, love all I don't want to go on that adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dark hole. Guys, I have breaking breaking news. Breaking news. What? They have ran out of Mexican pizzas at Taco Bell. Wow, it was that popular? Yep. Until okay. fall. We can, get, we can get Mexican pizzas back, but we still can't get our goddamn Szechuan sauce from McDonald's. Yep. No, or you, the McRib. You know what we can't fucking get? Huh. It's the goddamn dill pickle burgers at Sonic. Oh, fuck oh. them. I have. Ri- was that good? I never tried the, that. The dill pickle fries are amazing. Oh, I did try those. Those were good. But I want to try the burger. And every time me and Chase try to go. I've, I've gone to the Sonic by my house three times. Yeah. Once a week. Yeah. And every single time they're out. So And it's like every time I go, they're out of another thing. So the last time I went there, I was like, what do you serve here? <laughs> <laughs> what can I get with my hard-earned American dollars? For, and a 30-minute wait time. Yeah. Dude, oh, you know they're, what? they're awful there. Yeah. You yeah. sit there and wait for hours. Fast food so is bad. no longer fast food. Unless you go to Einstein's. Einstein's, they're pretty quick. Bet. Welcome back, purgators, to Stuck in This Purgatory. I'm Chase, and joining me in purgatory, as always, is Hunter. Bring back the goddamn Mexican pizza. And Adrian. Hello. <laughs> He's sticking with it. Hey, you gotta you gotta hand it to his ten, his tenacity, man. I'm good with that, man. I'm good. Do you even know we what need that more of that means? society. What tenacity? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it helps reduce stuns and slows and and <laughs> and general other <laughs> movement impairing abilities. Okay, lethality. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerd. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it, right, Agent? I'm right. Yes. Yeah, you know right. what we're gonna do? Uh, so we have this tradition every Wednesday. It's oh. uh, it's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know what I've incorporated a daily thing, word of the day. Word oh, so we're gonna start incorporating the group chat. Yes. What's the word of the day? Word of the day. What's the word of the day today? 
Um, Periwinkle. Periwinkle. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. <laughs> Did you see the video the other day? The dude who was just walking down his driveway and he got zapped twice. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, ironically, we were just talking about Zeus too. And yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, you don't believe in me, bitch? Smite. <laughs> I think it is Periwinkle. I have the video here. Let's listen. Lemmy Wings. Lemmy Wings. We're gonna get copyright strike. Yeah, nah, Matt and Troy love us. That's it's it's Lemmy Winks. Lemmy, Lemmy Winks. Wow, oh, that was joyous. That brought back some <laughs> Lemmy great Winks. memories. Lemmy Winks. For context, if you didn't know, Lemmy Winks was the uh, rat the gerbil, gerbil hamster that was uh, implanted in Mr. Slave's butt <laughs> and went on a magical adventure. Le- leave it to Hunter to talk more about butt stuff. You need to know. You need to All know. right. Well, speaking of butt stuff the today, more you know. The more <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> All right, well, we're back on the possession game. Um, we just couldn't get enough of it, and I'm sure you guys either can't either. So we have some more delicious stories for you guys. Um, not the major one. We're holding off on those ones, but we got some other uh, fun ones to talk about. So um, we're going to meet Richard Gallagher. Gallagher or Gallagher? Gallagher. Gallagher. Okay. So Dr. Richard Gallagher is a board-certified psychiatrist with an impressive resume. I have a resume too. <laughs> you know what that resume says? <laughs> what? What does it say, Adrian? Come up with something good. I can't. Not oh, that's what like I that. thought. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. If we get three new Patreon people this week, you have to post your resume, Chase. Okay. For the world to see. All right. It's... <laughs> and I'm talking wink, wink, your resume. Diamond Cabaret. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> PTs. PTs. Shotguns. Uh, a short stint at Twin Peaks. <laughs> Reed and Colfax. I did not get the tips that the ladies get there. (laughs) But hey, you had a good time. So Richard Gallagher is also a longtime member of the International Association of Exorcists. That's a thing? Yes. Damn. So there's a whole group of psychotic people. Yes. Gotcha. How does an Ivy League educated physician end up dealing with exorcisms? Quotes. <laughs> I was going to say, Adrian, I don't know. <laughs> Air quotes. I was brought up Catholic, so I had an open mind about these things, Gallagher told Inside Edition Digital. I try to help suffering people, even if they have a controversial diagnosis. What's a controversial diagnosis? Possession. That's controversial? Well, yeah. Yes. But they, would, would they di- controversial. But would they diagnose that? Like, scientifically? No. Well, so he goes there to see if it's any other illness. So he's trying to diagnose everything except for a possession. Okay. And then when he can't make that, then it turns into a con- controversial. It's basically yeah. saying that, like, some guy just made up a diagnosis and a lot of people don't believe it. I am a demon. No, I'm going to speak Latin. <laughs> your, mother, your mother sucks cocks in hell your mother sucks cocks in hell thank you for that enlightening presentation on what all our mothers are doing down fuck in off hell. you priest fuck <laughs> off <laughs> why is it always gotta be the priest why can't they you know pick on someone else where's the, where's the where's the buddhist monk fuck you buddhist monk get out of here they're silent wow. in their temple quit trying to quit trying to exercise me buddhist monk and all i right? don't think the buddhists believe in demonic yeah. possession Ooh, maybe we should find out they believe in reincarnation if you remember okay hey, pay attention all right, yeah. You're part of the podcast. Pay attention. Oh, fuck, right? I'm, no, it's, I'm it's, it's the cucumbers that are saying, fuck the monk. Fuck the monk. <laughs> we're all going to be cucumbers. Literally. Uh, we're all, yeah, we're all going to be shit covered cucumbers. I'm going to be so mad when I get reincarnated as a fucking cucumber and Chase gets reincarnated as like a fucking a king or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be so mad. 
Gallagher has shared his experiences in a new book titled Demonic Foes. So one of his most famous uh, stories that he went on is with a girl that they call, air quotes, Julia. It's not her full name. You didn't say it right. Not her real name. Not her real name. Not her real name. (laughs) We're sorry. Not her real name. (laughs) One of his most... (laughs) 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 One of Richard Gallagher's most famous tales of demonic possession is with a girl, not her real name, Julia. And it's one of the worst cases of demonic possession that he's ever witnessed. So we're going to meet the good name of Julia. It started about 25 years ago when Richard Gallagher was approached for his help in a case regarding a woman who was supposedly being harassed by demons. How, how do you just like supposedly, yeah, I'm getting harassed by demons. That's just a cop out. She was known to be a very nice woman, a religious Hispanic housewife, and a mother who had no history of mental illness. She and her husband described episodes when she would feel evil spirits overcome her, and then bruises would appear all over her body. Dr. Gallagher was called in to perform a psychiatric evaluation. Over time, he assessed her mental and physical health. Her symptoms ruled out other explanations and eventually came to believe that he was witnessing evidence of an actual demonic possession. Let me tell you about this girl, all right? Let me tell you about her diagnosis here. She's fucked up, all right? Her shit's all fucked up. I just want to know how you come to that conclusion. It's like, well, all bets are off. She's fucked. She's possessed. Yeah, there there must be some checklist that he has to go through because to get from a to Z, basically, so fast. Doesn't make any sense. Well, but. he has, like, doctorates in, like, three different degrees. It's it's crazy. This man is smart, and he also teaches at, uh, I think it's Yale University. So he's a prestigious background. And he never, he never believed in any of this. And he's one of the main advocates for demonic possessions, and he never pushes it on to anyone. His main thing is, he says, hey, this is what I saw. This is what... My evidence is showing, and I'm not making the conclusion that she's possessed, but there is no medical or mental illness that I know of that could make a person that is... He, he was the famous guy that saw a 90-pound woman throw a 200-pound uh, bookcase. He's also the one that has sat there and heard people that have never spoke Spanish, Latin... A bunch of different languages just start speaking out of nowhere. And this case is also very weird with uh, some of the animals and some of the experiences that she's able to recall through his lifetime that he's never shared with anyone else. And she just like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, what the shit? How did you find that out? So how about we find out? Let's find out more. Probably just threw some holy water on him. Do you think by the third doctorate, it negates the first two doctorates? We could piss a lot of people off with that that answer. (laughs) Do you think if you get three doctorates, you have to call him Dr. 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 Richard Gallagher? Doctor? (laughs) Doctor? Doctor? Doctor thrice over? I think I need to go back to school just so I could get my doctor. So these guys guys could call me Dr. KFA when I walk around. Since then, he has been called to assist in thousands of cases by providing his psychiatric experience. He says that the vast majority of cases turn out not to be true demonic possession. 
Only around 100 cases Dr. Gallagher has assessed out of thousands turned out to be possession. Gallagher makes sure to take a thorough approach in his constellations. He makes sure to get the whole story by interviewing friends, family, priests of the patient, as well as examining symptoms. Symptoms that don't fit into normal presentations of psychiatric disorders, but that follow patterns typical of demonic activity might indicate possession. He describes paranormal features that sometimes occur in severe cases, including patients speaking in languages of which they have no prior knowledge and exhibiting extreme strength. Also, those who are possessed might demonstrate personal knowledge of other lives of which they have no prior knowledge. After Dr. Gallagher gives the go-ahead that the patient is actually possessed and that there is no underlying medical or physical problem, the patient is free to undergo an exorcism. So let, let me ask you this. Just from all the studying that we did from the prior episode to this one, in many of these cases, these doctors that go with the priest to make sure that the person is in good condition and that now all of a sudden they have a demon in them. What happens to the people that already have mental illnesses and then they get uh, a demonic possession? Then they can't go through an exorcism because then the psychiatrics say, hey, this is what's going on with them. Like, we shouldn't believe them. And then there's just a demon butt-fucking them. Uh, I don't even know so much to that. What's butt-fucking my mind right now is it has to do with priests again. It says it's, that he's meeting with the patient's priests. And everything on this just screams Catholicism to me. It is. Well, well but why is it just Catholicism? Like, could you not be someone who goes to church and still be possessed by a demon? Yes, but in many of the cases, just because, and I think from a good understanding of the point, is through the religious standpoint of Christianity and Catholicism, you have to believe in angels and demons. It's just in the Bible. So people that actually believe in it then allow the devil to actually take its force and it's giving it energy because you have to believe in it. And most people that don't believe it's just like, fuck that. I don't, whatever. But in some of these ones that some of the stories that I talked to you about, it takes away the priest and it actually goes more towards the Satan Satanist. Hmm. Hmm. I think the only thing possessing me right now is that Chipotle burrito that's about to come out of my asshole. Well, you went to Chipotle too? No, I didn't go to Chipotle. Oh, <laughs> just for the joke, for the Adrian. Roll with it, you man. motherfucker. <laughs> Guys, you know what's you know what's grinding my gears is the fact that I'm seeing no downside to demonic possession. You gain super strength. You you get to talk to your friend all the time. Bilingual. You're bilingual. You get to learn all the languages. Shit, never think of that resume, learn. dude. I'm telling you, I'm gonna put that on the resume. I was possessed by by and it went great. Yeah, but how practical is Latin? <laughs> Very practical. Very practical. (laughs) Dr. Gallagher believes that there are two different types of people who are generally targeted for demonic possession. Many possessed people are involved in satanic practices or cults or had been in the past and then might have tried to pull away. They may have made deals with the devil. The other group that might be susceptible to demonic possession are people who are super devout Doing great work helping others. Oh, fuck, So man. there you go, Chase. There's your fucking answer. Do good deeds, you, you get shit on by a demon. Well, 
I think it from like a demon standpoint, it's trying to show God that, like, trying to piss off God right. in a certain way. They're like, hey, we could take one of your very devout followers and still make them evil, even though they're doing everything right. Like, this is the power that we have. No one's safe. No, Chase? No one's safe. Oh, I'm just sitting here listening. I'm enjoying yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Straight up stranger things up in this motherfucker. Well, then let's get into the case of what Dr. Gelger recalls as his scariest ca- case, which he says was creepy Julia. Not her real name. <laughs> not her real name. Don't forget, not her real name. <laughs> she was thirty. She was a 39-year-old woman who was part of a satanic cult, and when she was thinking about leaving the cult, the demons began to possess her. He witnessed her fall into trances for a few minutes at a time and speak in a demonic voice which wasn't her own, saying things like, Leave her alone, you fucking priest. And she had no recollection of saying those things when she came to. See, remember last time, uh, last episode, we talked about what not to do to be possessed? Yes. Rule number one, don't join a satanic cult. Don't try to leave it once you're in it. <laughs> That's rule number two. If you do, if you do break rule number one, rule number two is don't try and leave yeah. it. <laughs> rule number three: don't curse at a priest. Right there. There's the holy trinity of rules. There you go. Then later on another day, Gallagher and the priest who would perform the exorcism were on the phone discussing the case. The priest was asking Gallagher if he would be able to attend the exorcism, and the same demonic voice that Julia spoke with during her trance came over the phone line saying, Leave her alone, you fucking priest. She's ours, not yours. We are legion. Like that spooky voice, Andrew. I was about to say the same thing. (laughs) Spooky. Remember, this is Midnight Ghost Talk. Midnight Ghost Actually, can I have the sexy voice? I got a half chub right now. I just need you to complete the chub. Midnight Ghost Talk. Midnight Ghost Talk with your boy, Chase Hunter and Adrian. We get down and dirty in the sheets on tonight's episode. (laughs) Of Julia. Of Julia. Not Not a real real name. name. (laughs) When she has several demons enter her body. Leave her alone, you fucking priest. Ah, she's ours. Not yours. We are legion. We are many. Many. <laughs> Quit with the edits. This is going to kill me. <laughs> I, I think you should keep all that. That was great. That was fucking hilarious. That's comedy gold right there, baby. So after she said this, it turns out that Julia was hundreds of miles away at the time. He said sometimes Julia spoke in foreign languages she didn't know, Latin and Spanish. Also, one night, his cat started acting wild, going around his house exhibiting strange, out of the out-of-control behavior. Dr. Gallagher was really freaked out when the next day, Julia asked with a little smile how he, he enjoyed his cats the day before. What? Like, that ate would... them? They ate them? No. no they the just cats enjoyed were... them being around? No, the, yeah, the cats were acting all fucking crazy. Gallagher's cats were acting crazy, and then Julia was like, hey, I fucked with your cats. Ha ha. Oh. And he he didn't tell anyone about oh. this. Like, who who would tell... Like, if my dog's acting up, it's not like, hey, man, like, I'm going to give you a call. Yeah. Hunter Ace is acting up like crazy, man. <laughs> I'll tell Aww. you what. There's a reason I call my black cat Lucifer, because they're all agents of the devil. Yeah, that's what I'm saying here is the, the cat was exhibiting strange and out-of-control behavior, so it was acting like a cat. 
Like cats are just <laughs> fucking psychotic. They will literally attack without reason. They will murder you instantly. My if, favorite, my favorite one is when they go to bite and they like cock their head back and like <laughs> yeah, and then you just stay there. Like, it's fucked. <laughs> well, remember my cats at, at that old apartment? And how the chatter, like they were hunting. Like <laughs> we were high as fuck playing yeah. like zombie games, and, and we got a laser pointer on the ceiling, and just like, <laughs> and they would just stand there, and they would like have this demon face. And I'm like, what the fuck is with my cats? They're two black cats, mind you, and this is just horrifying. So regular old cats in a regular old house with a regular old demon possession. Some of the observations Doctor Gallagher made about Julia are that the tone of her voice would change drastically, sometimes sounding gruddle and masculine, while other times it would sound high-pitched. She would often speak in tongues or languages she has no knowledge of, levitate off the bed, cause objects to fly around the room, and often reveal very personal knowledge about members in the room which she could not have known otherwise. She displays no signs of any mental disorders, and the psychiatrists that have studied her have even resorted to calling in a priest to perform an exorcism. This has thus far proven to bother the entity that possesses Julia, with the entity telling the members that they'd be sorry for their actions. But Julia continues to display signs of possession to this day, leaving psychiatrists baffled by her condition. Sounds like the regular old N-filed poltergeist here. I, Levitating and doing all sorts of crazy shit. The crazy shit. thing about this is I, Dr. Gallagher is basically the only one that reports the story of Julia. Like, there's nothing else on her, which is crazy. What, my thing is, it's like, and I maybe you just didn't put him in the notes, but did they not, like, try and perform exorcisms on her or something? No, like, they are performing them. But they, she's still just possessed to this day. Yes. Just possessed to bejesus. Wow. This, I mean, guess, this goes back to rule number one. Yeah. Don't join a satanic cult. Guys. Rule number two, if you fuck up rule number one, don't leave the cult. <laughs> I just, I have a, I have a, I have a false. Or, or gently just be like, oh, work is so busy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm about to have a kid. You know, I, I meant to make that chili for the potluck today. Guess what? They ran out of beans. Fuck. This economy, you know? Oh, this economy. Right. Satan. Guess nowadays, man. It, it's a demonic possession right there. Yeah. Uh, you, I don't think you can't say that. Because you know what they'll say? They'd be like, um, we have Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, funny. Fucking Xfinity That's costs funny. fucking 100 bucks a month. Like, uh. uh Zoom is free, my guy. Go to a coffee shop. Yeah. So you see, now you're, you're trying to get them. <laughs> now you're being resourceful. Yeah. Are you in a cult? Is this what you do every Wednesday yeah. night? Wait, wait. Philosophically, guys. Philosophically. <laughs> Anna Eklund's our next candidate. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, we can't skip this. <laughs> philosophically. Philosophically. How the fuck do you even join a cult? How do you find? How do people find it so easily? It's like left and right. There's just cults. I've never been approached. Have you guys ever been pitched on a cult? Hey, listeners, if you're in a cult, invite us. Don't invite us. Just but please let us know. I would love yeah, to hear your stories. We, we don't break Stuck rule this purgatory one. at gmail.com. Well, <laughs> give us the elevator pitch. <laughs> but rule one, we we won't break rule one. And promise you, me, if we break rule one, we're not breaking rule two. Yeah. No, we can't even soft disclose it. No. Okay. But guys, I mean, I've already praised Hail Satan like a lot this guys, whole time. Guys, so. guys, how do we get in a cult? How? It's a fucking go to Craigslist. I'm sure you just type in satanic cult. And no, no, be... no. They have some weird cipher and weird no, code. They don't. Or you, they no, don't, they're I, just not posting. I Craigslist. guarantee you pick up. It's like okay. the magic circle. Right, I guarantee right, you looking. pick up a Westward from your fucking local Chipotle, and you just look at the back pages, and there's an ad in there that says, "Hey, satanic meeting every no. fucking what? I don't know Tuesday because that's a shitty day." 
Tuesday at Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> Meet up for some free pancakes. <laughs> Anna Eklund is our next candidate. Anna Eklund is today considered to be one of the most famous exorcisms in the United States, perhaps most famously portrayed in the 2016 film, The Exorcism of Anna Eklund. Well, Chase has another movie to watch. Oh, dude, stacking up, boy. Wait, no, Chase told us we have to make a list. I'm putting this to the list. Man, hold hold go. true to your there promises. You I I said it out on the internet. It's there. I manifested it. I'm just waiting. The girl in question had been possessed. Is this her real name? Yes. Okay. Her real name, Anna Eklund, the girl in question, had been possessed by the devil at the age of 14, following the curse that her father had put on her after she refused an incestuous relationship with him. That, yeah, that's horrible. Fuck off, mate. That's that's fucked all Fucking around. Perverts. Yeah, have I sex. Did... Have sex with me, or you're possessed. That great options. Well, well, just... Thanks for the options. After the first exorcism was successful, her father's lover, who practiced black magic, cursed her again, ensuring that Satan again took possession of Anna. The exorcism is described in the brochure Vad Santana, written by Reverend Karl Vogg in German, and then translated into English in 1935. Anna is a girl who lives in the United States. Wow, shocker. How, so I'm confused. She's in the United States, but some German dudes write yeah, that, brochures that, about her? That's what I didn't understand either. Hmm. Okay. Born in 1882, she attended only primary school and is a very religious girl who often goes to church and receives the Eucharist. As a teenager, Anna has to deal with the depraved approaches of her father that wants to force an incestuous relationship with her. Anna, however, resists the approach and continued her life in religious morality. However, after her 14th birthday, something begins to change. Porn. That Usually, that's what happens at age oh, wait. 14. Was there porn in 18... Yeah, you know there was some fucking stone carving that they were jerking off to. <laughs> it's 1800s and there's stone carving. <laughs> nice tits. Those are, those are some good imagine, pixel tits. Could you imagine, like, Romeo and his buddies, like, they're writing on some parchment, and they're like, put it on the pigeon, and they send the pigeon over, and be like, hey... Check this out. Yeah, that, that's the actual size. <laughs> Babe, that's send actual nudes. Size. Send nudes. Do you Hold see on. this? This is a this is a wood post from my bed frame. Look at the size comparison. They even have inches back then. Or were they like, <laughs> um, hey, my mine's two twigs and a half. Yeah, <laughs> mine is the size of a half mooned eggplant. <laughs> About my balls are the size of two robin eggs. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's very good. Very large, Chase. Peace be with you. <coughs> she begins to feel a bad feeling when she enters the church, sometimes feeling the urge to break the holy water fonts and to try out some terrible sexual impulses that undermines her virginity. In a church, wow. Right? Public I, masturbation! I, this, ah! this is exactly why I said it turns into Chase. O- honestly, I mean, there are some people out there. <laughs> Who enjoy Get the fantasy public. of sex in a church. It's a thing. Sex in a church? I think Chase is trying to make it a thing. <laughs> and churches, it, he starts a cult of sex in churches. <laughs> they just go around fucking if you, see, if you see me in the news lately, or if you are going to see me, if you see me in the news soon, you'll know exactly why. You it's broke number called, one. It's going to be called Trinder. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be called the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's fucked up. That's so Vag butt up. mouth? Is that it? Is that the Holy Trinity? It's going to be a fucking three-way of sin, baby. Three-way <laughs> of sin, baby. Initially, she manages to hold off these strange feelings, but then they take over. She becomes violent and thinks she's gone mad. 
She's gone mad. In subsequent years, her mother will take her to various doctors and specialists, fearing that her daughter is really crazy. But amazingly, every single doctor says that Anna is perfectly healthy, just like me. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone, if you were worried about Chase, he's perfectly healthy. <laughs> Cholesterol is a little high for being as being a 28-year-old, but hey, we're here. It's a stressful year, <laughs> yeah. all right? Fucking COVID. A lot right? of meat. I like my jerky. <laughs> Not knowing where to turn, and since the symptoms are getting worse, Anna's mother decides to turn to the church. Reverend Thalphilus Reisinger! A capuchin monk of German origin, an experienced exorcist, is mandated to monitor her case and after some time of observation comes to the conclusion that Anna is indeed possessed. In 1912, he performs an exorcism that gives the desired result and Anna is free from the demon that possesses her. Unfortunately, this piece will not last long. Bum, bum, bum. <sighs> Wait, sad are we day. like, is that, it? is that the end of the story? No, nope. <clears throat> so the curse of Mina. Oh, Chase is trying to go over it with her, but just for our listeners, Mina is the. I think it's called. It's basically the the girlfriend of the dad that's trying to hook up with Anna. Oh. She puts another curse on Anna after she just got done being exercised. Man, ta- yeah, I, I'm assuming. Uh, talk about some shit-ass reincarnation. You get stuck to this family that just curses you from day one and continuously curses you. It's like you either have sex with your daddy or you're going to be summoned with demons. Demon sock puppet. The curse of Mina. Anna's father had a mistress named Mina who practiced black magic. The latter had cursed some herbs, which then she had put in Anna's food, causing a second demonic possession. I've never heard of that, where you could summon a possession... Of a demonic force through food. Yeah, right? You're just like, here, I have some cilantro for you, and if you eat this, you're going to have the devil inside you. (laughs) That sounds like Chipotle after a Tuesday night. (laughs) I wish that they gave names to each one of these demons. Like, we knew by name which one each was one. I just would love to know more. When I was reading through this, I was hoping that the demon was actually called Mina. I mean, that'd be pretty hot. When you were saying, you were talking about, like, the girlfriend, I was like, please tell me the girlfriend is Satan. Please tell me the girlfriend is Satan. And then you wrote it. It's a witch. You're a witch. The Bible says that if a demon is cast out when they come back, it will be with seven other demons more evil than him. The reverend is called again and again to perform studies on Anna. At the end of his remarks, he decides to carry out a second exorcism. Anna will be brought to Erling and an exorcism is performed in an isolated monastery to try to attract as little attention as possible. At this point, the monk says that the girl's name will not be revealed in order to protect her identity. On August 18, 1928, the exorcism began. So the exorcism of Anna Eklund. Anna is brought into the coven and immediately proves hostile to the sacred and blessed objects. She even manages to distinguish which objects have been blessed from then from a normal one. Immediately, she is carried into one of the rooms of the covenant and is bound to prevent her from hurting herself and others. In addition, some of the strongest nuns hold her steady on the bed. I don't think show nuns me. are that strong. Yeah, yeah. Show me those nuns, <laughs> I baby. I think she just had practice from her father. <clears throat> That's our next part of Chase's Satan. That went straight over Hunter's head. Whoa. <laughs> it took you a minute, didn't it? It was dark. It <laughs> was dark. I was trying to say, Chase, that will be in addition to one of your, your fucking cults will be strong nuns. 
<laughs> you'll love it. It'll be a great kink. Strong nuns. <laughs> the strong women of Jesus. <laughs> That's the cult's name. It, it's like a travel hood, traveling pants, sisterhood, fucking whatever that was. But it's for strong nuns, and that's how you that's how you get them, you little pimp, you little pimp daddy. <laughs> hey, hey, you could be making some real fucking money. <laughs> you want to make some real fucking money, bitch? <laughs> I know what you are saying. <laughs> that was fucked up, man. That was uh, fucked up. <laughs> Fucked up, Chase. I liked it, though. (laughs) (laughs) You better keep that in. You better keep that in. Father Theophilus has just begun the initial prayers when the girl falls into a state of unconsciousness that will endure throughout the ritual. As soon as the priest pronounces the formula of exorcism, Anna is freed from the grip of the nuns, leaps up, and her body ends up on a wall above the door of the room. And it stays there, stuck to the wall, supported by a supernatural force. Those present can, with difficulty, drag her to the ground and put her back to the bed. The priest continues his prayers, and Satan begins to emit his terrible things through the body of poor Anna. The sounds that Anna emits are not human. They are animal-like, like a crazed herd, and are so strong that the local farmers are beginning to hear them. The exorcism continues. Before long... Groups of people arrive at the coven, wondering what's going on. When they understand that it is an exorcism, and after the verses and the howls and grunts of Anna become more intense, many viewers flee in fear. If the demonic sounds were unbearable for them, imagine how they must feel for those who are attending the exorcism. The sisters begin to take turns, unable to endure the situation for too long. The only who seems calm is Father Theophilus, as he is accustomed to exorcisms. Don't you think if he's accustomed to it, then all the nuns that work in the same covenant as him would be used to it? You would think so. Yeah. I, like, basically, you get used to, like, you know, after you see it, like, you know, 20 times. Things get worse when prayers are increased. The demons cause vomit, urine, and excrement to be thrown from Anna's body. The devil makes her expel fluids from 10 to 20 times a day, being able to fill buckets. Then Anna begins to throw up strange things, including tobacco leaves. The stench is nauseating. The grunts continue, and staying in Anna's room is becoming more difficult. Anna's demons. Now we're moving on from the exorcism to the demons themselves. During the exorcism, the priest is able to speak with the various demons inside of Anna. Among them is Judas Iscariot, who had tried to push her to the madness and suicide. And it is here that the priest discovers the reason for the possession of Anna. Since it is the lost souls of her father and his concubine haunting the girl that explain, compelled by force of exorcism, why they have cursed her. As the days passed, Anna's body swelled and deforms more and more. At one point, it is so disfigured that her body has become a bloated, shapeless mass, and nuns turn away from her bed, fearing she may explode. Then, Anna becomes increasingly heavy. She becomes rigid and heavy as concrete, and her weight bends the bed rail. The exorcism lasts 23 days in total, but is performed on three different occasions, from August to December 1928, to allow the body of the girl and the sisters to recuperate. Eventually, Anna is freed from the demons that torment her, and her case becomes famous through word of mouth of the peasants who had heard her inhuman screams. Mm. What do you guys think about this one? That's twisted. I've never heard him like bloating into a fat mass from possession. That sounds like an absolute horrible experience for 23 days straight. 
from uh, it's 23 days, three different times. Yeah, that's fucking horrifying. That is a lot. That's and what I call a summer vacation. You know what else is pretty amazing? <laughs> um, since you can fit nine raccoons in your asshole, I can only imagine how much the body can actually bloat before it explodes. I mean, that has to be wild that they thought she was going to explode to be that concerned. I mean, this is this is a good one. This one's gruesome. I fucking love it. I give it a, I give it a thumbs up. Give it a thumbs up. I give it a half a star. Adrian? Out of five? Out of one. <laughs> you give a gold star or not, Adrian? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You get a gold star, I get, you get half a gold star. I like it, but there's a bunch of conflicting facts about it. Because you got to remember, we're getting most of the facts from word of mouth. So yeah, and this is this is nineteen twenty eight. Yeah, so this story could be extremely over Dallas. Yeah, and this people still were drinking coke with cocaine in it. So well, Adrian had a good point. Uh, prohibition was that time, so they probably got some really bad bootleg moonshine. Yeah, they ate the worm. <laughs> they, ate <laughs> they ate the, the worm, worm. <laughs> and shit got weird. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this next one: the case of Clara. Dramana Sel. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. All right. One day in 1906 at St. Michael's Mission School in Natal, South Africa, Father Erasmus Horner heard what a of a fucking name. What a fucking great name. Erasmus heard of a troubling confession from one of the Catholic students who attended the school. Clara Dramana Sel said she had made a pact with the devil himself. True stories of exorcism are incredibly harrowing. Those that are possessed and live to tell about it are never the same once they are freed from the claws of the demon that afflicts them. Clara's story is just one of many who allegedly made a pact with the devil and lived to tell about it. The devil awakens! <laughs> Born in 1890 in South Africa, Clara Germana Sell was a devout Christian girl who in 1906 was believed to be possessed by a powerful demon. Clara was orphaned by her parents as an infant and had attended the Catholic school since she was four years old. Not much is known about Clara's childhood, but she was raised in the arms of the nuns at the school. Strong nuns. Don't forget. Strong nuns. She was raised by the church. Baptized as a child, the only life she knew was that of St. Michael's mission. She was known by her peers and nuns at the school as an ordinary girl. She gave no reason for suspicion of possession. While her confession wasn't taken too seriously, her strange and erratic behavior began to worry the priests and nuns at the school. Her behavior came to the head on August 20th, 1906, when the startled students and nuns at the school saw her tear her clothes and growl like an animal. And conversations were unseen entities. At one point, she even said, Sister, please call Father Erasmus. I must confess and tell everything. But quick, quick, or Satan will kill me. He has me in his power. Nothing is blessed with me. I have thrown away all the medals you gave me. Creepy. Later, she stated, You have betrayed me. You promised me days of glory, but now you treat me cruelly. Could this last statement be the devil who promised Clara power and happiness but received torture instead? This was reported to be the case, as after she confessed to Father Horner about her pact, she got into a verbal argument with the demon inside of her. This is interesting of our first stories that like actually get some like personal conflict, like not just straight up A to Z possession. She's like fighting. We're actually getting some dialogue of fighting this demon, like a little bit of, you know, a little bit of sprawling. In regards to the animalistic growling coming from Clara, one nun wrote, no animal had ever made such noises or sounds. Neither the lions of East Africa nor the angry bulls. 
At times, it sounded like a veritable herd of wild beasts orchestrated by Satan had formed a hellish choir. Wow, that's a great wonder, description. Chase, give us your best idea of what that sounds like. I'd give it to you. A for effort. I am curious because in all of these possession tales and stories and bullshit, it, it's always like they always talk about these grotesque, hellish sounds coming out of the person that's possessed. So it just makes me think, like, if there really is a hell, what do you think hell sounds like? I think it's just grunts every freaking second. Just guttural grunts. I, I think I can imagine hell as being like, you know, when you go into a soundproof room and you get that ringing in your ears? Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh. they're always like, you know, you're like 10 years old. And they're like, hey, if you hear ringing, you're deaf. Great. Thanks for telling me that when I'm fucking 10. Now I think I've got diseases for my life. I feel like hell would just be that annoying t- electronic sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 24-7. Oh, yeah. That's you know, all you hear. I think it looks like that Succubus game. Honestly, like that game is twisted. That That's that's what hell made manifest. I think like the demons me. just go around and just bitch slap people just for fun. They're, they're like going about their day and they're just like, hey, Bill. Do you think that if you aren't a demon and you're in hell, you can fuck around like that too? I, no. Do you think you get special privileges? Like, the way- you know what? Like, you did really good at the whipping today, so now you get to whip Bob tomorrow. Yeah. I, the way I think about it is your pretty face yeah. goes to hell. That That's yeah. how I imagine hell, and I think it's <laughs> just half ass bored. Horns. You're just like, ugh. Yeah. My arm's tired from doing this all day long, but <laughs> Satan won't let me stop. <laughs> yes, I think exactly. you need to go to the break room, Chase. Oh, no. I think you need to go to the break no, room. I'll take the shredder before I take the break room. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Clara's strange outburst continued on for weeks. Nuns reported that her skin would burn when sprinkled with holy water, and she would lash out when Bibles, crosses, and other sacred objects entered the room with her, even when they were concealed from her sight. Same thing Chase deals with. We're sorry, Chase. We're sorry. We're sorry. I'm not sorry. She also developed what was described as clairvoyant abilities, where she was able to describe in detail the personal lives of those around her, Several nuns also came forward stating that Claire had learned to speak and understand several foreign languages in which she had never been taught. She had also possessed inhuman strength, strong nun, overpowering even the strongest priests when they attempted to restrain her during these outbursts. Another report told by many witnesses was that Clara began to levitate five feet in the air on a daily basis, her clothes sticking to her body as she rose, defying the laws of gravity. So let, let me just think about this. You're bilingual, super strength, and now you could fly. This is really appealing, guys. But maybe they're just trying to hide superpowers from us. I was just about to say, I think it's Superman. Although, I think the reason why the clothes stuck to her body is probably all the profuse sweating. Yeah, I can only imagine how much sweat production goes on when you're possessed by yes. a demon. Clara reportedly levitated into the air, her clothes defying gravity as she did so. It was reported that only after she was doused with holy water would she be brought back down and temporarily snapped out of her possession. Others stated that Clara had the ability to turn into a snake-like creature, her body's as flexible as a serpent, as she slithered across the floors of the school. She even bit a nun on the arm and left teeth marks that resembled those of a snake's fang. I'm a slippery I'm snake. A snake. Say, I'm a slippery snake. Ooh, a confession during possession. Nice little jingle. Many stories tell that Clara was completely intolerant of all religious symbols during her possession. But it was reported that when Clara not only went to confession while she was possessed, but she also received Holy Communion, 
Either this occurred very early on during her possession, or the forces afflicting her were so strong that they were even able to withstand the power of the Catholic Church. Clara's Possession Anyone could see that Clara was affected by something dangerous and dark. Father Horner and another priest, Reverend Monsuiti, was cleared by the church to perform an exorcism on Clara. On September 11, 1906, the exorcism was performed, lasting from early morning until the later hours of the night, a grueling process for both priests. During the exorcism, Clara's violent behaviors intensified, and she'd even tried to strangle one of the priests with his stool. That makes sense. Hey, can I borrow that stool? Can I, can I borrow that stool? <laughs> yeah, let me just, let me just, let me just, let me just choke you, you out. strangle someone with a stool? That's what I'm saying. Like, did you, this guy... You put him down to the ground. You put them down to the ground and you just put the stool over their neck and they're like... Yeah, remember, she's a strong nun. Strong nun, Chase. She's not a nun yet. The, wim- the women the str- of Christ. The strong women of Christ, baby. Strong women of Christ. <laughs> Sign up now. OnlyFans slash strong women of Christ. The only trinity. <laughs> so fucked up. The and the, and the holy is spelled H-O-L-E-Y. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what is that? What could that Come mean? Find yeah. Come just find out. Come find out this a next month. episode of Stuck in This Purgatory. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Clara couldn't stand to be in the presence of holy imagery during her possession. The next morning, the rites were given away, with a possessing demon departing Clara's body after telling the priest that they would signify his exit with an act of levitation. Clara rose five feet into the air, as she had before. The levitation occurred in front of the audience, around 170 people at the chapel. The priest then said Clara had been cleared of demonic influence. Interesting. That's like a that's a that's a that's a dinner and a show. Hey, honey, you want to go see a, a I exorcism? Would pay for that. I absolutely would pay for that. Chase, would you pay for a demonic possession, like a legit one? Like we're talking. We're he talking got juicy. invited to one, or who got invited? You got invited to one. No, who? Oh, yeah, yes. You did. No, I did. Peter did invite me to that crazy church thing where they were going to be exercising people live. I, I, I won't go only because I'm afraid that maybe I do have a demon inside of me, and I don't want to be part of that exorcism. <laughs> He's definitely got a succubus inside of him. He's got like a little horny little oh, yeah. succubus in him. I think yeah. it's a horny little gerbil. <laughs> Stuck up his ass. Lemmy Winks. Let's go on an adventure. The warp G- gate. The, the gefilde fish. The gefilde fish. The warp gate possesses many powers. Some we do not understand. <laughs> Her second pact. Just a year later, Clara claimed that she had made yet another pact with the devil, and another exorcism was being performed that lasted two days. After the demon departed the young girl's body this time, witnesses reported that an extremely foul smell filling the air. <laughs> Damn it, Chase. The warp gate. That Close was just it. that gas bubble she was trying to get rid of. I would yeah. be pissed, too. <laughs> I'd be real pissed. <laughs> How many times do you think the, the church is going to pay for this bitch to get exercised? I mean, as many times <laughs> as it takes. I think they're making money off of this. Oh, oh yeah. It's, 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 $10, it's $10 a pop to watch the uh, exorcism. Come see the sideshow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the holy women of Christ <laughs> unholy trinity this was the last time that any disturbances were reported in regards to Clara as no record exists to what it became of her in the aftermath all that was told is that she was extremely embarrassed about her exorcisms and hoped that anyone would just forget the insanity and what had occurred at the mission she asked for forgiveness and just dedicated her life to more humble pursuits Clara was cremated after her death but is unknown where her remains are buried. Once again, all you gotta do in your life, praise Jesus. Don't join a satanic cult. <laughs> or don't make a pact with the fucking devil. 
That's another one. That's rule number four. Don't make a pact I, to the devil. I don't know. What I'm understanding right now is you can live a life full of sin and the very last seconds of your life be like, I'm sorry, Jesus. Yeah, I yeah, accept you. Me. How do we know they actually go up to, to heaven? It's uh, According to South Park, uh, Mormonism, that is the right choice. Yes. They get the their own planet. choice. Do you know they get their own planet when they die? Yes. Is, isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. Yeah, I'm surprised it, they haven't all killed Howley, themselves yet. Like yeah. your own planet too? No, like when they die, they get their own little world just of Mormons, a Mormon planet. L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, wait, that's Scientology. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> You're fucking... <laughs> That's why I said it. Oh my god! <laughs> so, what did you guys think about the the stories today? It had some interesting points. Um, I'm gonna give it an upside down gold star. Oh, and you're really you're really you're double downing on this satanic cult that you're oh, starting. Yeah, damn. You know what? Keywords, right? It all starts right here in this room with yeah. the three of us. I hope you ask Becca for permission because this this is this is gaining traction. This is gaining traction. Um, would it be um? In the way of Satan to ask permission, oh, don't just you do dare. it. Do what you feel. See, do what you feel. See, and peace be not with you. No, but with you, Adrian. But also with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. See, the good Catholic way. The good Catholic way. <laughs> you guys just totally ruined my <laughs> satanic cult here. <laughs> well, just know if you have a demon inside of you, please reach out to Stuck in This Purgatory. I would like to know personally. Yeah, if if you've ever had an occurrence with it, we would uh would make up a new name for you. So you could be Julie Julia. Not your real name. Not your real name. Not your real name. All jokes aside though, if you had experienced possession, we would actually like to like dissect and talk about it scientifically. Yeah. You could come here and you could sit right next to Chase and you could tell him all about your demons. We'll, we can pull you up on Zoom. We'll hold hands. Yeah. Because Chase doesn't get out of his meetings because Zoom was invented. Remember? You can't get out of meetings. You have no excuse. Nope. Well, if there's a demon inside of you and you just need to let let it out, reach out to us at stuckinthispurgatory at gmail.com. Tell us about your crazy stories that you've seen. Or maybe it's your family member and you saw them doing some weird shit. So reach out to us. Uh, if you want to go look at some of our social media stuff, go to Instagram. Hit that nice little search bar. And you're going to type in Stuck in this Purgatory. And on there is some great images, as well as our link tree that will take you over to some great artwork that Chase has been working on on Patreon. You could go uh, give me a follow on tw- Twitter because I'm hurting. <laughs> I'm down bad, boys. Down bad. <laughs> <laughs> or you could look at any other of our podcast listening sites and uh, just give us a nice little like, nice little rating. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the stories we had today with Possessions. Uh, we have more stories for you because, come on, it's Possessions. There's, they're all over the fucking place. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we uh, we do love you. We truly do. And I want to give some shout-outs to some listeners we've been interacting with. Jedi Joe, we love you, our OG. Good old Oscar, appreciate still hearing from you. Melinda, congrats on life. I just need to say that, congrats on life. And we just love you guys so much. And we're going to have a crazy year. And, you know, we might all get possessed, but at least we're all stuck in this purgatory.